welcome listeners to Season 4, Episode 5 of Drinking and Screaming, a queer and feminist podcast about horror movies and cocktails. And I can't believe we're already a quarter way through the season. <laughs> I'm Char. And I'm Kelly. And this week we want to remind you to donate to Wava Rape Crisis Center so that you can support survivors of sexualized violence and unlock cool new features for our live episode taking place at the end of March. And I can tell you now that that is going to be March 28th, which is a Sunday at 6 p.m. PDT. $35 provides an hour of support with their 24-7 crisis line that assists survivors from all around the world. I've used their services. They are fantastic, trans-inclusive, gender diverse. You can find the donation link in our show notes. And if you want to watch along with us or participate in the live show itself, you can do so at twitch.tv slash drinking and screaming. If not, uh, it'll be released the literally like eight hours later <laughs> on Monday. This week, we are getting our St. Patty's Day on with Leprechaun from 1993. But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we made this drink to taste as green as it can be. Not look green, because it's literally <laughs> yellow. <laughs> this is also the first time that I noticed that you say welcome listeners, not welcome listener, and I don't know why it's taken me this long to realize that. We have so many people in our audience. So many people listening together. Hello, all of you. Hello. Stan, hey. <laughs> Becky, how are you doing? That's one of the things that gets me down when I think about our show, and like if I ever am down on myself about thinking of listener amounts. If the amount of people that download our show are all in a room at the same time, it's incredible. It's scary. Every it's week. Terrifying. It's very scary. Yeah. So thank you for scaring me. I love you folks. Heart ding. Bing. So I made the drink this week. Yay. And it's called Candy Apple Cider. Ooh. And the only thing I will specify if you're making this drink at home is that you should use the driest apple cider you can because the other things that you put in it, which our patrons will know, are going to make it sweeter. You don't want it to be too sickly sweet. So try to find a dry apple cider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I made this drink and it tastes apple-y. It tastes, which I associate with tasting green, <laughs> but it is not green itself. I could have put food coloring in it, I guess, but. Yeah, it's okay. Then it would have turned like a muddy brown instead, mm. unless the whole thing was food coloring. Yeah. It does kind of taste like those caramel apple candy suckers, which were yeah. basically my favorite thing, except they like really messed up my teeth like <laughs> so bad. This is a, a side thing, but you know those Macintosh toffees, like the rectangle of just pure sugar? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I once was eating one of those at a theater and it actually ripped my filling out. And ah. then I think I swallowed it. Ah. But uh, And then did it sting when you put your tongue on your tooth? I don't remember. I was a child and I was just happy to have a Macintosh toffee. I don't like toffees. Really? Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. More for me. Yeah, you enjoy those. I'm happy that you're happy ripping out your own feelings. <laughs> uh, this is good, though. I feel like this is definitely one of those drinks where like, you can come up with your own ratios, yes. depending on how much of one you want versus the other. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I would go for more not the cider. Than more of the cider. Interesting. It's yeah. funny when we have whenever we have three ingredient drinks because it's like, what's the mystery ingredient? <laughs> mm. But of course, the other one is Mad Labs Absinthe Bitters. Nice. Which are also green. That's true. So really, I'm three for three. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 
on making this drink delicious. Yeah. It's just not the color. It, like you said, it tastes like it should be green. Yes. Yeah. That was the whole point. <laughs> So this week we watched Leprechaun, which premiered on January 8th, 1993. January for a St. Patrick's Day movie. Okay. Written and directed by Mark Jones. It stars Warwick Davis as the fabulously evil Leprechaun, Jennifer Aniston as feminist teenager Tori, and Ken Oland as Nathan the Painter. I couldn't really think of how else to describe him. Nathan, so Nathan the, the guy. <laughs> the man the of man. the movie. This synopsis was written by Peter Zwiers on IMDb. Thank you, Peter. When Dan O'Grady returns to the U.S. after stealing some Irish leprechaun's pot of gold, he thinks he can settle down and enjoy his newfound wealth. He thought wrong. The leprechaun follows him and O'Grady barely gets away with his life, having locked the little monster in his basement. Ten years later. JD and his spoiled daughter, Tori. I don't think she's spoiled, but okay. <laughs> Move in. By accident, the leprechaun is released and almost immediately the annoying creature starts to look for his gold, not displaying any respect for human life. So Ozzy and a child <laughs> find the leprechaun's gold. These people are hired to paint their house. It's very odd. In the back of an old pickup truck, which makes the leprechaun want to cause all of their demise. Because he has been trapped away for so long without his gold, he doesn't have access to all of his powers, but he is still pretty deadly. He manages uh, to put up quite the fight thanks to bear traps, his razor sharp claws and teeth. And uh, of course, the police are absolutely no help at all as the group gets attacked over and over, trying to fend off the leprechaun until they realize that they need to find Mr. O'Grady, who will have the real information on how to truly kill the leprechaun. A four-leaved clover is the secret weapon. With this newfound knowledge, the gang is able to kill the leprechaun who falls into a well on the property. But right at the end of the film, you hear him say that he won't be gone for long. Then he goes to space and the hood. And also two. <laughs> yes, this is one of those series. <laughs> Will you make me lucky by showing me the trailer? Sure. <laughs> Top of the morning to you. Here's the trailer audio. By God. <laughs> the luck of the Irish is being packed and shipped to a little town in South Dakota whose luck may have just run out. I need the police. This is an emergency. You can kill anything. What the hell are you? You just can't know how to do it. Leprechaun. It's out. It's out of the crate. What'd you think? That was kind of lackluster. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of boring. And it didn't have any of the amazing music of the film, which I think... Kind of made it seem even more boring. Yeah, the film kinda, is good. This movie did not make me want to see it. Yeah, it sort of made it seem just like a standard boring movie. But like they did kind of try to ramp up the terror by like having the pacing like do 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 music. Mm -hmm. um, and they did a good job of not showing a lot of the leprechaun. Uh, most of the stuff that was happening to them was just the tricks and traps that he had set up. Yep, yep. Um, it wasn't until the end that you actually get a shot of his face and then a little laser beam coming out of his hand. So that was good. The final moment of the trailer definitely was cool. Yeah. It's out. Zing. It would kind I think that would make me want to go see what the leprechaun is. 
because it seems intriguing as to right. what this. I mean, it also made it seem like it was being shipped to them. Yes, it was a total lie, but yeah. that's okay. <laughs> it was a it was a misdirect. Whoa. Whoa. But yeah, I thought it was it did its job. It wasn't necessarily like an entertaining trailer. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. I think I just like this movie a lot because I'm just going into my points here. <laughs> oh, okay. Did you want to uh, <laughs> talk about your points? <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, I had very low expectations yeah. <laughs> for Leprechaun. I thought it was going to be kind of awful. Honestly, in our pre-fear, I said that I thought I would like it, but I was very scared. Yes. Not uh, scared of the fact that it would be a horror movie, but because it might be very problematic. Yes. But I decided to land on calling that I would like it. And I was right. Nice. <laughs> this movie really didn't suck. <laughs> I liked something that I, for some reason, didn't expect was how much leprechaun lore and like plot building they would have in this. Yeah. So like the cleaning of the shoes. I don't know much about leprechauns or St. Patrick's Day. Is it common that they are cobblers? Sure. Maybe. I don't even. That's literally. I don't know. <laughs> I thought. See, I always thought that they made marshmallows and that was their major function was the construction of marshmallows in the shape of like Rainbows stereotypical Irish horseshoes. leprechaun stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it needed to clean shoes and it it was kind of like a vampire, like it has to count rice yeah. or else it can't move on to something I thought was really interesting. Although. At the same time, they used that element when Ozzy got bit and there was blood on his shoes. He was like, oh, God, just scratch up your shoes. <laughs> but then he just like wiped it once and you could still clearly see like blood stain on the shoes. And he was like, they're all better. Like, yeah. What? When he killed the uh, coin collector as well, he did the same thing. There was like clearly just blood stains all over the shoe. And he's like, yeah, it's fine. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's like uh, OCD, like the, the result isn't actually the important thing, but it's the action of doing, of doing it. it. Yeah. yeah. Like when people flick the light a lot or various other things, mm -hmm. it's not actually the outcome. It's that you have to do it oh. or else bad things will happen. One thing I do know about leprechauns is the power of the freshly plucked four leaf clover is super lucky. And this is what it uses to kill leprechauns. Yeah, I didn't what? realize that they hated it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then, of course, the gold at the end of the rainbow. That I did know. And it was also cool to see all of his different powers. Like he could teleport. His hand was literally sliced off in a door. And then it had that was like a nice animatronic yeah. scene. But then it was able to be reattached. He stole a cop's eyeball and replaced it with his <laughs> own that was injured. That was cool. Overall, I was entertained. Yeah, I didn't know much about like if leprechauns are evil in like real folklore. I always I thought, thought that they the gave you the gold. Yeah, I thought I know that like the whole point was that you're supposed to catch them and then they give you a wish. But I didn't know if it was like genie like where the wish is always like nefarious. Bad. Yeah. Mm. And I knew at the end of the rainbow was the pot of gold. But I guess like. If the gold belongs to the leprechaun, if someone stole my gold, I would kind of be pissed regardless of if I was a leprechaun or not. Agreed. Uh, so that kind of makes sense. But um, yeah, I don't know enough about Irish culture to know how accurate or and or offensive this is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Disclaimer. Probably very. I am part Irish. I'm like one of those people that's like, I'm like 20% Irish. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my family has is Irish. I think my grandmother is. 
as white people, we probably are. My mom will tell me after listening to this episode if I'm right or not. They have red hair in the family. Ooh. Eh? But also, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where, like, even if I have it in me, I don't culturally engage in it, so I can't really speak with any authority yeah, about it. Yeah, for sure. I'm Irish, Scottish, English, and German. Nice. I think I'm probably also those same things. There you go. My dad's adopted, so I have no fucking clue what uh, he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. I've been to Ireland and Scotland and lived with family there. Well, like for a yeah. few weeks. But, See, at least uh, you have family there that you visited and have been there. Yeah. I have not a night. I have no single <laughs> idea. And I don't want to do the ancestry thing because that's no. how they steal your information. Creepy. And they know who you are. Bum, bum, bum. My next point. Is that all cops are bastards. That's good. Now, what about the movie? <laughs> <laughs> the police in this film fucking sucked. So it was really great accuracy uh, in police work and how that works in film. It was very much like real life. So that was cool. Yeah, that really matched the lore of cops. <laughs> it really stuck to the culture of police. Yeah. Like when Ozzy calls the police... And everyone's just like, oh, it's Ozzy. It doesn't even matter. Blah, blah, blah. Ha, ha, ha. They all have a good laugh. I mean, granted, maybe they get a pass because he apparently calls them all the time saying that something bad is going to be happening. So it's yeah. like an end of the world type of thing. Let me let me recite to you a little tale known as the boy who cried wolf. Or mm. mm. yes. maybe... Maybe you should keep doing your goddamn job because at some point a real wolf might show up in town. <gasps> and even if you were bamboozled by a child, you still have to do your fucking job. Yeah. And that's exactly what this is. And then even putting that aside, when the leprechaun is driving in the little mini car down the road and he gets pulled over by the cops who think he's a child. <laughs> I don't remember what they call him, but they treat him like absolute garbage. He's like, aren't you a little young to be driving so late at night? And then he's like, oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm 106. Years, and then, which is like, I'm 106 years old or yes, yeah, 600 years old or whatever, which a kid might say. And then he's like, get out of the car. Take off the mask. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, it's fun to know that that's how you would treat my child <laughs> if, if you went missing. Poor buddy. No. And then my last point is another thing that I was very pleasantly surprised about with this movie that Jennifer Aniston was so fucking good. <laughs> she was so believable. I had this sinking sensation that it was going to be kind of trashy, bad acting, but it really wasn't at all because this was her first ever feature film, which yeah. I know. Oh. And she Let did. Let me just delete that scaredy fact real quick. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> scaredy fact bonus one. But she did a fantastic job. And I want to call out that there was a shift. Kelly and I, we made, if you look at our Instagram, there's this really nice charcuterie spread with cheese and meats. And we had some wine. We had some Irish cream mm. afterwards to watch this film with. And when we started it, we were kind of scared. But then there was a moment where we both looked at each other and we were like, <gasps> jaw drop. Oh, my God. It's Jennifer Aniston goes off on this badass feminist speech because like she calls Nathan out for his bullshit being a complete asshole. And she's like, this is the 90s and women are treated equal now. And we were both were like, ah! <laughs> well, it's because she's from L.A. where they're a little bit more cultured and advanced. Mm. And he's from the backwoods of, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they actually ever say. I'm sure they, they, they say. I just don't remember. But I enjoyed how stubborn she was. She really stuck to her guns and she was super resourceful and 
Plus, she had a really cool outfit. She had yeah. on these like patchy short shorts and little sneakers with like chunky socks <laughs> and a black tank top that had little flowers on it. And I liked it. And very big hair. Yeah, just like me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they did a really good job at like making her seem like she was a stereotypical like valley girl mm-hmm. uh, relies on everyone else to do stuff for her. Basically, Rachel. They made her look like she was going to be like Rachel yeah. before Rachel was invented. <laughs> um, but yeah, then like when push came to shove, like she didn't know how to use a shotgun, but she was confident enough to take it and uh, work with it. Uh, she never really backed down once like shit hit the fan. It was yep. really good. She admitted when she was was scared. Yep. Yeah. She was very honest about that. And she stayed in that place entirely out of spite for the douchey <laughs> guy that was mean to her. Hell yeah. <laughs> and that's it. That's all my points. Nice. It's time for Whispers from the Arms. Whoa, we switched Whoa, it up. Switched. I was very confused. <laughs> so we have another Patreon shout out today. This is the chance for us to thank our listeners, whether that be from giving reviews, becoming patrons, tweeting at the show, telling your friends about us. We love all that stuff. But I really want to take a moment of genuine, incredible thanks because you are all blowing us away with your support. Thank you so, so, so much. Diana S., You are our latest patron. Thank you for becoming a patron. We hope you enjoy all the special goodies you get. Yeah, the show wouldn't be what it is without your support. I would have given up by now, (laughs) if I'm being honest. Hey. If we didn't have support at this point. (laughs) So you're you're actively keeping the show going. I would have taught Shar how to record herself. Oh, God. I'm not doing this by myself. One person podcast. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you very much for keeping me motivated through uh, money. Yay. Really, the only way to keep me motivated. I'm <laughs> tweeting about the show. <laughs> and money. <laughs> I'm very shallow. And <laughs> that is a lie. <laughs> but uh, we wanted to also let everybody know that we are updating our drink recipe cards. The season four layout for them is going to be hot, it's going to be fresh. Kelly is making them. Lots of pressure on Kelly now. Haha, they're going to be so great. What happened? I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> But that's why they're a bit late. But don't worry, because they're going to be coming out some cool, fresh new cards for season four. This week, you will receive the first four drink recipe cards and we will be more consistent with them going forward. We're going to take a moment to talk about our socials and sponsors. This season of Drinking and Screaming is sponsored by American Nightmare Candle Company. Big news! You folks can now get discounts. Yeah! Get 10% off your order on their Etsy page with code DRINKANDSCREAM, all caps. Bring the horror into your home with the handmade soy wax candle with 10% off (laughs) from American Nightmare Candle Company. The scents are inspired by locations iconic to the horror genre, places like the Overlook Hotel, Sleepy Hollow, and Elm Street. Each fragrance combination is carefully curated to transport you into the story, and the catalog is ever-evolving. Available for purchase at Etsy.com slash Nightmare Candle Co. Don't forget about code DRINKANDSCREAM for 10% off. 
Are you sick of wearing ordinary face masks? Check out these sick face masks from the FX artists at Locked in the Cellar Creations. Step up your face mask game with a horror or fantasy character face mask. These are not simple fabric masks, but highly detailed, handmade latex masks in the shape of all kinds of characters and creatures with a built-in washable cotton liner and filter. Available in a variety of designs like Dragon, Hannibal, Cat. Some even have matching forehead prosthetics to create a complete cosplay look. Check out all of their masks and prosthetics at LockedInTheCellar.com. I just received uh, their dragon mask. We got it in green. Mm -hmm. It is incredible. The detail. This is not even part of the ad. They're not (laughs) paying me to say this. It is so lovely. You might actually get a chance to see it if you watch uh, Tabletop Titties at the end of March. Because we are doing a Jurassic Park one shot for streaming for survivors as well. And one of the stretch goals, if we make it to $600 over there, I get to have a dinosaur dance party with everyone (laughs) and I'm going to be wearing their dragon mask because it's so, so cool. This season of Drinking and Screaming is also sponsored by Mad Lab Distilling, who has been supporting us year after year. We are so grateful for their support and we featured their absinthe bitters in the drink that I made this week. Very delicious, very strong. And get a UF'd up. (laughs) Woo! Green for Leprechaun, but (laughs) check out their entire line of bitters. Their whole, every product they have is amazing. Check them out at madlabdistilling.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at drink underscore scream, Facebook at drink and scream, and you can email us at drinkingandscreaming at gmail.com. Check out our website, drinkingandscreaming.com, to get some merch, find some more behind the scenes info about the show, and uh, other really cool stuff. And if you want us to do a episode at the end of this season explaining all the things that we did wrong and, I don't know, an addendum, (laughs) make sure to let us know that we did things wrong at a high enough frequency to justify an entire episode. Yes, email us! And you gotta do your incredibly offensive Irish accent again. Oh, it's time to go back to the episode! (laughs) (laughs) Hee-hee! Okay. (laughs) You have some thoughts for me? Yes, I do. So, this season of Drinking and Screaming has been mostly comprised of slow burn horrors or psychological versions of Elm Street. Uh, (laughs) A lot of like real thinkers, real thought provoking movies. The big brain movies. The big brain movies. The artsy ones that I can analyze (laughs) their camera angles and sound design and scripts and stuff. Um, And it's, I just think it's really refreshing that we've, we're watching just like a kind of schlocky gore uh, slasher movie with a loose plot Except for the in-depth encyclopedic lore of le- leprechauns. <laughs> yeah, there's not much. Like, we both, before we started, we're like, I don't really have too much to say about this movie. It was like a fun yeah. romp in the hay. It's been a while since we've watched just like a kind of gory action horror movie. Yeah. Uh, and so it's really got that going for it. It was like an easy watch that I have no real concerns with, I guess. Again... If it was incredibly offensive to Irish people, I can't speak on that. <laughs> My ignorance would be showing and that I just kind of enjoyed the movie, which was uh, good. So maybe uh, 
I don't actually know what our next movie. I guess the, our live show is the next movie. Yeah, so. The Evil Dead. So that's going to be another schlocky, gory horror movie? Yeah, but a classic. So, you know, you really got to appreciate it. I mean, technically, Leprechaun is also like a cult classic. So <laughs> my second point is that all things considered, the prosthetics and the effects were actually pretty solid. Yes, good. I'm glad that you're talking about that. The mask itself. Oh, yeah. Like the prosthetics never looked unbelievable. And Warwick Davis did a great job of bringing that character to life. And yeah. like, uh, it didn't really look like the prosthetics like bulked him down too much. So he had a really he could bring the character himself. Um, and at the end, when the, the leprechaun is melting, that looked solid as hell. It looked fake, but it looked in the way that you thought a magical beast would melt. Yeah. And like the skeleton was still there. Yeah, it was and cool. And it kind of glowed. Yeah, it was rad. His green blood was very interesting. And you pointed out that they were re very consistent with the blood staying on him. Yes. Like as he was getting shot throughout the movie, like his the cracks in his skin started getting green from the blood just staying there. And I was like, he's turning green. But then I realized, oh, his blood is green and he's just getting extra dirty from all the injuries he's taking. Violet, us. you're turning violet. <laughs> the only kind of weirdness is the couple times that they used magic. Like when he points his finger and the like beams of magic come out. Yeah. Except the teleportation that he does in front of Tori was actually pretty cool cool because it starts with this skeleton kind of blue glowy magic outline and then he like forms around that which i thought looked really neat yeah um it kind of looks a bit stop motion but i mean the thing has stop motion at the end of it and that's still good i like stop motion i like it when it's got its place yeah like has to be done well has to have a purpose yeah a full stop motion movie yeah <laughs> Beetlejuice having stop motion yeah the end of the thing having stop motion kind of jarring <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, like yeah it was surprisingly easy to stay engaged with all of the prosthetics and special effects for what is actually a pretty low budget when we get to that and my final point is that this movie needed more ladies damn right Going into there was it, one woman. <laughs> there was technically two women. The uh, wife oh, yes. in the beginning who dies. Of course. How could I forget? Um, her entire job was to yell at her husband for being drunk and stupid. Yep. Make some tea and fall downstairs. Yeah. Uh, but the first death. I kind of assumed that Tori would be the final girl, but the party sort of stuck together, so it wasn't really a thrasher or. It wasn't really a slasher that ends with a final girl moment. It was more like a team effort to defeat the yeah. the leprechaun. Even to the point that like she kind of has a uh like a moment of doubt near the end and the rest of the party has to like rebolster her. Mm -hmm. Ozzy has to give her bardic inspiration <laughs> to keep going. And then she nat 20s when she reaches into the grass. Can you tell we've been playing a lot of D&D lately? Yeah. That's what we're doing right after this. <laughs> and also just the fact that you're bringing this up too. There was also no queer representation in this film. No. I feel like though, if the, the time that this came out, if there had been queer representation, it would have been bad. Yeah. It would have probably been some bad LGBT jokes. They actually... So represented mental illness pretty well, which was incredibly surprising. Yeah. Ozzy um, has a disability and we don't know what it is and neither do the characters, but I thought that that was handled pretty well. Yeah. They never really mention it until his friend is like, I want to use this money to get him a surgery to fix his brain. And then Tori's and that's like, a kid. Yeah. Cause that's like totally a kid thought is like, I need to help my friend 
because people are making fun of him. And then Tori's like, you can't fix his brain. And then the kid's like, well, he doesn't know that. And then he's got like Ozzy still has moments of like inspiration and actually fighting back. Like he's a real ass character. And that is just a character trait of his. And it was handled really well. Yes. Yeah, surprise. Again, I cannot reiterate this enough. I do not know if the Irish representation is this. The first Irish guy you see is drunk. So I'm going to assume that it's not good in representation. That's true. But every other every other representation that they try to focus on in this movie is done well. And uh, I don't know. That was mostly my point is that they needed more ladies, but they also needed more queer people. I feel yeah. like what they did, they did good. At least there was one lady or two. One strong lady and then uh, one lady we didn't really get to know long enough. But yeah, that's my uh, that's my final points. Nice. All right. So I've admitted I don't know a lot about Ireland. So I've got this encyclopedia of Ireland. So we're going to open it up. Let's look through this book. Oh, no, it's not the encyclopedia of Ireland. What? We got to open the Oh, yes. Wow, I really stumbled halfway through that one. <laughs> it's okay. Smacked my fucking face on the ground. <laughs> my Irish accent <laughs> is so bad. <laughs> uh, this candy apple's really getting to us. It is a really good drink, though. This is really refreshing and easy to sip. I could drink it way too quick if I let myself. <laughs> I could have another one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so my recommendation is a little bit odd, a little bit off, but I mean, I was going to maybe do like Gremlins or, you know, like one of the other little creature yep, flicks. Yep. But mine is going to be Attack the Block from 2011. Okay. Uh, it's about a group of friends that kind of band together to defend their block from aliens. Aliens! Uh, it's kind of horror action comedy, so, you know, it's loosely connected, whatever. So that's Attack the Block from 2011. Nice. Mine is Rumpelstiltskin from 1995, which I haven't seen, but it is another horror creature feature that has a fantasy element to it. It's I looked it up online. It's supposed to be very similar to this, but I take no responsibility for it if it is awful. Rumpelstiltskin from 1995. (laughs) It's time for Scaredy Facts. So this section of the podcast is where we let you into our bed. We can snuggle up after we watch a scary movie, check out the trivia section, and really uh, desensitize as we learn that, you know, there was a guy in that leprechaun outfit, and the blood wasn't real, and nobody actually died or anything like that, so it really calms us down. That hand was an animatronic. What? (laughs) Anyways, I did the trivia yeah, you did this episode, which is just like our normal relationship. Normally, it's Kelly reading off the facts <laughs> and as I fall asleep. asleep. Yeah. <laughs> so starting with the budget, as I mentioned, is actually pretty low. Uh, the budget was an estimated nine hundred thousand so dollars. Wow. Less than a million. Yeah. Which uh, I don't have a trivia fact for this, but this movie was actually filmed in 91. Took two years for it to come out. Holy. Uh, so nine hundred thousand dollars and 91 is pretty solid for a movie like this yeah there was a lot of effects the the effects alone i'm surprised yeah and the names i guess were nothing so we're nothing we're nothing no names were in this movie except for work davis so the opening weekend of the movie was 2.5 million uh in the states and the cumulative worldwide gross is about 8.6 million whoa yes oh i also should say I'm already slurring my words. Oh, it's hitting me so hard. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just really tired after a long day at work. But um, this cumulative worldwide gross was the same number as the U.S. 
gross. Okay. So I think that I'm missing information here. Probably. Because I also saw a fact that said it made about 10 million from like overall sales of everything. So okay. I don't know. Yeah. So it's definitely made more than that. But USA gross. It's not 6 a million. perfect science guy. Sorry. Y'all, if you have more information, send it to us and we'll just feel bad that we're wrong all the time. And then we'll put it in our whispers from beyond section. We'll every season now, if we get enough corrections, we'll have a final episode at the end where we just let everyone know that how, how wrong we were. I love that idea. God, it's up to the listeners to send us enough information, though. We haven't gotten any corrections. Correct us. I'd Good. love to be. <laughs> We're always As ready. a lady, I love to be told how wrong I am and Hell mansplained. Yeah. We'll, we'll name the episode <laughs> mansplaining or something. <laughs> Horror-splaining. Anyways. Uh, Gore-splaining? We'll workshop Scary this. Scary facts. Give me them. My first one is, one scene required the leprechaun to find and eat Lucky Charms cereal. General Mills had given them permission, but they were so upset when they saw the finished film that they revoked the permission. The filmmakers had to reshoot the scene, replacing the brand name with an obvious spoof. They also changed the kid's line at the end of the movie from your luck just ran out to fuck you, Lucky Charms. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if that's also why in that scene he eats them. He's like excited for the box, eats them, and he throws it on the ground. I bet it was like good eating before, and now they're like, ha we hate you. I love how petty the director would be to do that. Good. Obviously, it's Jennifer Anderson's feature film debut. Mm-hmm. Which, like, watching this, she basically plays Rachel. Like, if Rachel was in a horror situation, this would be her. But that was something I was kind of commenting on before is that she's way more down to earth. And it kind of made me realize that Jennifer Aniston in Friends was more putting on a facade than I thought Mm. of how like, I mean, obviously she's a caricature of dumb blonde at the start of Friends, but there's too many other characters. She has to be the dumb one (laughs) or ditzy one. No, rich girl one. Yeah. But um, yeah, I I can't overstate how uh, pleasantly surprised I was with Jennifer Aniston's performance in this. Mm-hmm. Warwick Davis actually appeared in the movie without makeup on. What? Uh, he's in the cafe scene uh, without his leprechaun makeup sitting beside his wife. Holy crap. Gotta go back and see that. How now. did I miss that? I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> That's so cool. This is one we actually noticed while watching the movie. During the wheelchair scene, Warwick Davis struggled with uh, controlling it. Like, uh, he struggled with the actual mechanism. Yep. So Jennifer Aniston had to run in slow motion, and then they sped up the footage. (laughs) So when you watch that entire scene, it looks really sped up. Yeah. It's kind of weird. But that's interesting, because it didn't make, like, it didn't, Jennifer Aniston seemed the right speed. Like, I didn't notice that she was running in slow-mo sped up. But when they had (laughs) Warwick Davis going on the wheelchair, spinning the wheels as fast as he could, oh man, that was funny. Yeah, that was, no. yeah. But it just went with the comedy. Yeah. And we had seen him before speeding up when he was using the tricycle as well. So I guess we just kind of assumed that he had speed powers. Yeah. Applying the leprechaun makeup to Warwick Davis took three hours and taking it off took another 40 minutes. Uh, He described the experience as not a pleasant sensation. (laughs) Hmm, Interesting. Uh, To pass the time uh, while the makeup was being applied, Davis said he had bizarre conversation with Gabriel Bartolos. Bartolos. Gabriel Bartalis. Who was the prosthetics designer. Yes. He's uh, in a lot of other things as well, uh, with whom he got along well. Nice. Yeah. 
That's cool. Um, it's always nice. Like when you think of, I watch a lot of, I mean, doing this show, I watch a lot of behind the scenes DVD commentaries or like little features. Yeah. Especially uh, for like Harry Potter things, which is odd because Warwick Davis is in that. But uh, the idea of like you start your day off when you're filming, when you're shooting incredibly early in the morning yeah and you have to go get your hair and makeup done and if you're doing something like leprechaun holy crap as you said it took three fucking hours <laughs> it's nice when you have that good relationship with the person yeah. that's doing uh the work while you're sitting in the chair to pass that time and like start your day off nice I was also going to, that made me think, I was going to say that, like, I don't think I could do that. Like, waking up early and then also being, like, jazzed for your job. But then as I thought about it, I'm like, there's so much energy on the set that you probably wake up. Yeah. Like, I've done things sleep deprived I... <laughs> and still managed to do it properly. That's what I was just going to remind you of. When we did those charity marathons of, like, five days straight yeah. of staying up 24 hours, you were so energetic. You were pulling the show. The moment you step away from the camera though you die <laughs> you just like your body's just like all right we can't rest but i'm gonna turn off for a little bit yeah for sure but uh but that's yeah. also like with working in film you don't have to like look presentable before you get there which is nice yeah someone it's else takes care early, of it for you. but yeah someone else will you just drink your coffee and sit back <laughs> as the makeup department does their job yeah um surprisingly body count was four that's so low after everything in that movie he only killed four people he killed two cops Killed. And the old woman at the beginning? No, he killed one cop. Oh. So it was the old woman, the cop, O'Grady, the old man. Yep. And... Another oh, cop. and the, the, the <laughs> coin collector. Oh, yeah, right. The... Coin collector? Yeah. Pawn shop man? That's it, pawn shop. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you. Brain fart. All right. Are you ready for some... <laughs> Carfax. So this is actually thanks to IMCDB, Internet Movie Cars Database. Wait, is this a joke or is this real? This is apparently a thing that I found because we did not ask my stepdad any of these cars. So I have every car. But this is an actual site. Yes, I think and there's also one. I think there's also one it. for guns. <laughs> oh, my God. How are we only finding out about this now? Um, Season four. Get ready for car and gun fact. Because we don't. That being said, gun gun fact shotgun and cop gun i forgot to check out guns facts damn it kelly uh it's a pump action shotgun with <laughs> literally infinite shells in it <laughs> that shotgun came straight out of the walking dead universe all right i still love you so the cop car <laughs> is a 1981 chevy on paula obviously okay. of course the, yeah i totally knew that it's uri cop car uh-huh the dad's jeep was a 1955 willie's jeep cj5 Mm -hmm. It's a dumb name for a vehicle. C-3PO? CJ5? <laughs> Willie's Jeep. <laughs> His name wasn't Willie. The Jeep is called Willie's Jeep. <laughs> the limo at the beginning of the movie was a 1985 Lincoln Town Car. Oh, when uh, O'Grady comes to his yeah. house? Okay, yeah. Here's the fun one. The painter's truck... Is a 1970 Ford F100. Okay. And the rusted truck that they find is a 1956 Ford F100. Oh. So there's the same make brand, and, model, make and but model, but not year. Look at us talking like we know things. Yeah. Choo -choo -choo. Oh, we're so cool. The, the garburators <laughs> and the the just kick click shifts. Got that gasket fixed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Listen, you guys asked for this. You, you asked for more Carfax. I'm giving it to you. We don't know what we're talking about. I have a final thought. Do you have a final thought? It's that I can't believe I fucked up so hard that we didn't watch this during the first St. Patrick's Day that we had last year when we were already doing the show. Then we would do it. The second one now. Yeah. This was a good enough movie that I'll definitely make it a tradition to watch every year. We got to watch the next one. And I am curious how bizarre they're going to get moving forward. I mean, my final thought is in contrast to when we watched Nightmare on Elm Street 2, I do, in fact, want to watch all of the other leprechauns in one (laughs) marathon. So I would like to not wait until next year to see the second leprechaun and instead would like to start watching the rest of this series over the next few weeks or so. Interesting. I'll think about it, but probably not. <laughs> Man, we can record a pre-fear between each one <laughs> and then save them for years to come. <laughs> well, that's been Leprechaun, a movie about a bunch of assholes that don't know how to paint a house good. That was the whole point of all the men being there, was to paint the house. And they don't do it good. It was so bad. Next week, we'll be watching Evil Dead from 1981, and you can catch the show live with us on Sunday night at 7 p.m. PDT at twitch.tv slash drinking and screaming. We'll post on all our socials before we get out there. And before we wrap up, we want to remind you that you can look in the show notes for our donation link for Streaming for Survivors. We are almost at our 200 goal, and we are hoping to crush it with your help. Donate, donate, donate! Pew, pew, pew! And remember, always scream responsibly. Bye! Thank you for listening to Drinking and Screaming. Drinking and Screaming is produced and edited by Charlene Bear. Our sound engineer and local designer is Kelly Wright. And it's hosted by, yep, you guessed it, Kelly Wright and Charlene Bear. For bonus episodes, Patreon poll voting privileges, and exclusive rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash drinkandscream. Want a shout out? Review us on Apple Podcasts and we'll read your review live on the show. For more information, check out our website, drinkingandscreaming.com.